0: We are very involved in these types of events because it's a great opportunity to bring patients and physicians and everybody involved in their care together because the end goal is for them to be the best they, that
1: they can be. Fellow sapiens. welcome back to Epilepsy Sparks Insights. Now, epilepsy diagnosis, treatments and care don't come out of thin air. They do require funding, aka money. Today we hear from inspiring neurologist Eugenia Rosa from Romania who somehow doesn't just provide diagnosis and care for children affected by the epilepsies, but spends her time, often her personal time, fundraising and creating moments of fun for the children in her hospital.
0: Hi Tori, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a paediatric neurologist, I live in Bucharest, Romania, and I work in Dr. Victor Gomoyo Children's Hospital in the paediatric neurology department. And uh, also, I'm involved in the ILAE,
1: especially the Yes section, the Young Epilepsy section, uh, where I'm the new secretary. Fab, and what got you into uh, pediatric neurology and also having a passion for the epilepsies in children?
0: This is a very important question, actually, and it's quite funny. <laughs> I have a very funny story. I didn't want to become a pediatric neurologist. I just became one in the in the first uh Uh, when I had to choose my specialty, but it was something that I fell in love with from the first day. It's something that I... it just found me, pediatric neurology found me, and also uh, being involved in epilepsy care. Also, it's something that uh, I gradually uh, ended up uh, liking, and I did my PhD. Um, in in genetic epilepsies, so uh,
1: this is how I actually got to to work mostly with patients with epilepsy. I presume by um, people with epilepsy you're talking about those from birth all the way up to 18?
0: Yes, yes we see paediatric patients and in our country this is the age
1: range that we actually manage. It's quite a spectrum and uh, how have you found things being a paediatric neurologist slash almost an epileptologist I guess would you say?
0: Almost, yes. Uh, This um, specialty, so you cannot be um, only taking care of patients with epilepsy. As a paediatric neurologist in my country, you take care of various disorders. So you do have normally a passion for a certain topic, but you do have to to
1: see patients with a multitude of of diseases. And so I guess our main topic today is the challenges of uh, finding sufficient funds, I guess, to um, actually provide the services that people or children with an epilepsy deserve in your country or your part of the country. Tell us how things work and how you achieve this.
0: It's actually a very good question. It's something that we actually think about and face every day. Um, as I've been discussing you, with you during uh, our, our little uh, giggles, we have had a, a very, let's say, a rocky start we did uh, our hospital was a quite an old one But we managed to get a very modern hospital with a new building and everything that we need. It's something that we couldn't have dreamed of in the beginning of our journey. And we managed this because uh, also we had a lot of support from the local authorities that fund uh, hospitals. And because uh, we are actively involved in uh, non-governmental organizations, so NGOs, and this is how we manage to get funds, especially when there is a very rapid need to do so, when we cannot wait for uh, basically national funding or local funding. So we do this, we fundraise every time we have a, a problem, we fundraise. This is how our epilepsy monitoring units actually came to life because we did um, Uh, round of financing with a private uh, company and we actually won that round of financing and we know right now our EMU consists of seven EEG machines with the possibility of ambulatory EEG um, with uh, all that you can think of when it comes to software and hardware and it's something that again we wouldn't have dreamed of but we did manage to do this and we do this for every issue that arises
1: and we're doing very well. How do you find the motivation to do that in addition to being a clinician, in addition to your research, in addition to the the tears, sometimes of joy and sometimes of sadness that you uh, have to endure in your role? How do you manage to raise funds at the same time? Do you have a team for that or do you do it all at the same time?
0: Actually, the the fundraising is done by two different NGOs. One is made up out of doctors and nurses, the ones that activate in the hospital. And the other one actually um, came, uh, came to because we um, had a group of parents that actually decided they were all patients, they are all patients from our department, and they decided that they want to, to take this, a part of this burden, and they will do uh, the some separate fundraising for for patients with epilepsy. Uh, they're called EpiCare and the NGO is called NeuroCare Associations and we're very proud of their the work that they're doing uh, and I would like to highlight for example one of the issues that we have here with the genetic testing that is not readily available for everybody when you need it and how fast you need it. So one of the their main project is actually fundraising for uh, genetic testing and they've tested a lot of children and we've had amazing, uh, life-changing uh, stories because of this, and they do an amazing
1: work. Wonderful. And and just uh, going into that a, a little bit further, we we know that genetic testing, especially for children who might be, have a very severe epilepsy, can be a life or death. Life. But we know that if a a child um, or adult, but in this case, a child is put on a type of anesthesia medication, uh, that, for instance, somebody with temporal lobe epilepsy might might use or somebody else without a rarer type of epilepsy, then it can actually lead to an earlier death.
0: Well, it depends. Finding the etiology, mean, when epilepsy is a symptom and seizures are a symptom is very important and you have to do it very, um, with a great responsibility and you have to tackle the, the most obvious causes first and then you should be able to say, okay, I can, I know this until here. And now I will refer you to somebody who knows better than me. And it's very
1: important to, to do so, to recognize your limits as a, as a clinician. Was that, isn't there a good example of this recently, uh, the, a person with Lephora disease? Actually, yeah. Um,
0: our team has been very blessed to be able to work with other centers in other countries. So when we do have a rare patient, of course, you're going to um, ask for advice with uh, professionals that have more experience with that disorder. For example, yes, the patient with lafora disease or for patients that require epilepsy surgery, we do not offer this service in our hospital. So we do refer the patients to clinics that actually are able to to do this, and they have enough staff to do so.
1: Tell us about what you do when it comes to uh, awareness days for the epilepsies, um, which are of course more than seizures. Uh, How do you get involved? Because that's kind of how we met initially, wasn't it?
0: We did meet on Purple Day. Yes. And uh, we are very involved in these types of events, because it's a great opportunity to bring patients and physicians and everybody involved in their care together. Because the end goal is for them to be the best day that they can be, so we had Sudap Action Day. We're going to have Purple Day again. We're going to have Red Disease Day, and a lot of uh, other days that we specifically
1: celebrate because it's a time to speak out and uh, speak up and speak up with our patients. Well, I know that you, for instance, you have purple scarves and decorations around the hospital right yes
0: yes it was quite fun we actually
1: had we watched a,
0: a cartoon we had a, a pop-up cinema with the kids in our department and everybody had umbrellas and the umbrellas said learn to dance in the rain because that was our message
1: oh. and what do the patients and the mums and the dads and staff think of that? Does that get the kind of motivation going and things like that? Yes, it's very important. It's so different. We've noticed such a great change
0: ever since we started actually doing this more often that, than we did before. Like even just having a regular day cinema, not necessarily for a special day, just a regular day cinema. The fact that they're having a break in their routine where they're, when they're
1: admitted in the hospital, it's absolutely amazing for them. And could you also tell, tell us how you are involved with the families as well as the individuals with the epilepsy because i think we had a little talk about this previously how you didn't realize when you started becoming or when you started your work that how much of the communication would actually be with parents and families
0: i have to admit it was quite a shock because i had in my mind i always wanted to be something uh, related to pediatrics but i never thought as a student, I didn't I didn't grasp this concept that you are treating the whole family, you're not just treating the, the small child. You have to talk to the parents because if the child's success depends on the family, depends on how involved they are, on how much explanations they need, or on how much um, patience and involvement they need. Some of them need, need you to be there twenty four seven, some of them they want you to leave them alone. <laughs> so it's each patient has their own needs, and it's
1: it's very important to be in a very good relationship with the family. So what do you think the future holds for yourself, your hospital, and I guess Romania in general, because different cultures, different economies, affect your work or our work in different ways. Um, so, so what's going to happen, do you think, over the next sort of 10 years in your work?
0: Our head of department, Dr. Teleanu, she always uh, made sure that we have this the only way is up mentality so basically we're going to see I hope we're going to see very very good things happening in the future more research uh, more involvement even than before in the civil society and in the NGO uh, side of things and we want to be just just like a, a very good center and provide the best care for our patients and we're
1: never going to stop fighting for it Thank you to Eugenia for being so motivating to us, as well as to her patients and families. Eugenia is a perfect example of the many neurologists and other clinicians who give so much more of themselves to their work, aka us, than we realise. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.